Hi, Smooches. This episode, we were thrilled to welcome back Chantel to the podcast. Chantel won the bidding for the second year in a row to be a guest on this pod in the Romance for Reproductive Justice auction. It's a damn shame that we need such an auction, but we're grateful to Meet Cute Romance Bookshop for creating the fundraising opportunity, which raised in the neighborhood of $15,000. Chantel came to us with a great idea for this episode, which was to hash out what exactly makes a character swoon-worthy and just how those swoons feel. My favorite quote from her is, sometimes swoon defies explanation. Stay tuned. So hi again, everyone. <laughs> hi, Meg. Hi, Chantel. Hi, <laughs> hi ladies. We have Chantel back. She Yay. once again won an auction, the Meet Cute Romance for Reproductive Rights or Reproductive Justice. I can't remember exactly mm-hmm. how it was worded. Auction. Our yeah. J. Yeah. And yep. she's here to talk about a topic that sounded so cool and I'm very excited <laughs> yeah this was a great idea mm-hmm. thank you thank you yeah so I love talking to like girlfriends about like what are you looking for in their person right mm-hmm. but it's so much mm-hmm. more fun to talk about fictional men I agree and mm-hmm. so like I love to hear what other people think makes a male character swoon worthy you know, mm-hmm. or like a love interest soon worthy. Yeah. And what does soon worthy even mean to you? Really? Like yeah. what happens to you when you're like, oh, I love this. You know, do you mm-hmm. kick your little feet up and giggle? Like you throw the book across the room. What's going on guys? So I thought it'd be fun to talk about. Yes, it totally is. And so in preparation for this episode, I looked up a lot of definitions of swoon. <laughs> I love Ooh. that. So I'll I'll share them with you all. Okay, so Merriam-Webster defines it as to faint, to become enraptured, or droop or fade, partial or total loss of consciousness, a state of bewilderment or ecstasy, a state of suspended animation. Um, Oxford Learner's Dictionaries, which I I particularly liked, describes it as to feel very excited emotional etc about someone that you think is sexually attractive so that you almost become unconscious wow (laughs) wow (laughs) so passing out from the horn from the horn yes feeling all a twitter over Uh someone or all an x uh-huh I love it. I can't even talk about that. Yes. I like as soon as you said the exit, like, ugh. (laughs) So upsetting. Elon Musk is so dumb. Uh, He is not swoon worthy, but he makes me want to knock myself unconscious. (laughs) That is perfect. Yes, exactly. Like, I will take that part of the definition, the part where I'm not awake to have to deal with this bullshit. Yeah. Exactly. Um, let's see. Cambridge Dictionary says to feel a lot of pleasure, love, etc., because of something or someone. And then dictionary.com says to enter a state of hysterical rapture or ecstasy. Oh, I like that one. I like that one a lot too. Yeah, it's a that's a better connotation for rapture than the one that I grew up with. So, like, this is great. <laughs> this is perfect. <laughs> 
Which just the way I almost spit out my drink right now. <laughs> what are we drinking? I am just drinking a Coke, personally. Cool. Mm-hmm. I wish it was something else, though, honestly. I'm I am drinking a San Pellegrino orange, and I feel fancy. I even have a little paper nice. straw. Fancy. Ooh. Very fancy. I am having Old Forester on the rocks, but the rocks have melted. <laughs> oh. Nice water. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's nice. <laughs> so where should we start? I think we should kind of just like go around in a circle, each offering like a trait that we Mm -hmm. identify as swoon worthy and kind of like talk a little bit about why. And if we have examples of characters Mm -hmm. that we have indeed swooned over, and if you'd like to describe the swoon, you Mm -hmm. are welcome to. (laughs) Yes. I love that. Absolutely. Okay. Chantel, would you like to start? Oh, I would love to. Um, let's see. I had some. Oh, okay. So one of my favorite things is a man who appreciates a misfit. Ooh, um, that's good. I just I love when people in general approach things that they're not super familiar with or don't know a lot about with curiosity instead of fear. Ooh. And so that's just like uh, it always touches my heart when it's like tell me more I have no idea or like well you're so like unique what's that about Mm -hmm. what's the thing that you like um and I think one of the last examples that I read was probably in um oh goodness I don't want to mess up the title uh the very secret society of irregular witches oh I've been waiting to read that one It's it's like the perfect cozy little love story and it very much has like when you think capital c character of like whoo this character is a lot mm-hmm. um that's all of the characters in this book but there's one person who kind of like centers all of them and becomes like the main love interest and he's surrounded by all of these people that could totally be construed as misfits and not exactly normal but he just cares for them and tries to learn as much as possible about them and I just think that's the sweetest thing and there were so many times where I'm doing it right now but where I would like put my hand over my heart like (laughs) bless you that's so cute (laughs) that's definitely one of my things I love that because it's also like the perfect antidote to something that I really hate which is negging oh yes it's like instead of calling attention and like trying to embarrass you or like make you less than about these things that are different about you it's like ooh, these are cute and fun and exciting I want to learn more about that but all yeah, right Liz one of my face. so as we were talking I thought about with the descriptions that Meg was giving I thought about some examples that are not in romance but are characters that people have projected their romantic fixations onto so I was wondering if I could get those out of the way since they're fresh on my mind and then when I come back it'll be romance so I love and this was even before I had a child I love a man who will kill anyone to protect their uh special magical ward I know exactly who you're talking about and it's the witcher 
It's <laughs> it's Gerald from The Witcher, which I have to see the Did most you recent just say season. Gerald? <laughs> Gerald. 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 <laughs> Gerald from The Witcher. Henry Cavill from The Witcher. Yeah. Um also Pedro Pascal as mm. both Din Jaren, the Mandalorian. Yeah. And as Joel in The Last of Us. But I think especially in The Last of Us, because that is a bad man. That is an objectively amoral human being. And everyone I know who has watched that show is in love with him Mm. beyond all reason. It is the most interesting cultural phenomenon, I think. Yes. Like, oh, so we're just like ignoring the fact that he went on like a killing spree at the end and just like the the man is a mass murderer. Yeah. He's emotionally repressed. (laughs) Um, he's been in a long-term relationship with a woman in the post-apocalypse, and he's like, he basically doesn't acknowledge until right before her death that they are even in a relationship even though they sleep in the same bed together and he acknowledges it by just like staring at her hard yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he's trying to memorize eyes, Liz. gosh yes yes so like just just loving your child who's not even your biological child your so ward. much that you would do anything your ward like yeah. when Geralt was willing to, he put the sword up to Yennefer's throat. That moment when Yennefer is had kissed, your kink. Uh, that <laughs> moment is my Seriously. kink. Where one of the side characters was like, the girl, is she yours? And he puts the sword up against Yennefer's throat and he says, mine. And I'm just like, I absolutely like <laughs> belted into my couch. <laughs> and I was like, I've never seen anything hotter. Like, this is the love of his life. The woman yeah. who has defined so much for him. And he is willing to slit her throat. Yeah. Because she hurt his child. Are you all up to date on the most recent episodes? No. That's what I was trying to say when Are I was sure? mispronouncing yes. his name. I'm not. Are you, Meg? I am. And the next batch comes out in a couple of days. But, okay. um... There's a point only once in this these new episodes, and this is not spoiling anything, where uh, Yaskier, the the bard, refers okay. to Siri as Geralt's daughter, mm-hmm. like, and he says like he will do anything to protect his daughter, and I'm like, yeah, it's his daughter. Yeah, he will. Yeah, that's the other. That's another like weirdly swoonworthy thing I think is in that same trope when the ward officially like gets branded as their son or daughter so like on the mandalorian when it's like your son i was like oh my god that's mm-hmm. so precious immediate yes, tears is his son yeah. thank <laughs> you tears. although are you caught up on the most recent season of the mandalorian yes okay well so- i am Slight spoilers for the Mandalorian, but when they have this whole basically adoption ceremony and they rename Grogu Din Grogu, and they're like, will you adopt this child? I think that my reaction, a lot of people's reaction was like, wait, didn't this already happen? This is like sagging the papers. Yeah, it's true. But But it was beautiful. Yeah, Yeah. do the bureaucracy. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. Like it's official. I've cared for him for like a long time now, but hey, he's yeah. son now. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Meg? Um, did you have other non-romance tra- traits that you wanted to bring up? That was the, okay, the one. Okay, just that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> it's such a good one, though. So I have three that I thought of, but more may come to me. Um, and the first one is like kind of on the nose, but I just have to put it out there because it's what works for me. And that is when the main love interest has confidence and swagger. Mm. Like I just like a certain level of smoothness. Yeah. And it's not the kids are calling it Riz. Riz, a level of Riz. Um, and it's again like not something that I particularly find attractive in real life. I often feel mistrustful of people who are too smooth. Mm -hmm. But in books, I I like it. And I think I like it because it indicates this like lack of fumbling. We're rummaging. Fair. Yes. They know what's up. (laughs) And also because then the ways that they are vulnerable carry more weight when they generally have this like higher level of of confidence of riz. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So the person who immediately came to mind for me, and this is pretty pretty on the nose also is Jane from One Last Stop, uh, Casey McQuiston. Uh, She's punk. She's got style. She's got the moves. um, And she's just, like, cool. And then when she has moments where she fumbles and and breaks down a little bit, they, like, are really super impactful. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, she's just, like, smooth and hot. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And for me, it manifests as, like, I'm... Uh, like my face is red. I'm I'm blushing a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm sweating. <laughs> I love I, that. I knew you were going to say Jane. The oh. definition of charisma. I know. I know. So just like charming. Yeah. I mean, she made a girl fall in love with her when the only place that she could woo her was on a subway train. Yeah. And that's Which like a like non the grossest place. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Ever. Yeah. <laughs> like it that's smells gross. like grease and feet. <laughs> like it's and somehow that's charitable. And, yeah. You know, sometimes urine, and that's that's just the way it goes. Public transport. What a gem. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that's my that's my number one. We ready for number two? Mm-hmm. All right, yeah. Chantel, what have you got? Let's see what's the next one. Um, I love, okay, this is going to sound real sad in terms of like what it says about the state of the world, but I like, I'm specifically talking about men here, a man who actually likes women. Mm. You know? What a concept. (laughs) Right? The bar is in the basement. So low. But I really love that. And I love the way that it can be like in any way. I love when it's explored because it just makes me happy to see like 
healthy representations of like men and women interacting honestly Mm. um I love it when it applies to friendships I love it when it's like a brother who just really appreciates his sister like and not in a way where it's like a man talking about what the women in his life give him but Mm. like what they actually add to his life experience you know what I mean Mm. so like it's the guy who's like close to his mom but it's not because like you know she's the one who does my laundry and like made me food and all of this stuff but it's like she's the one who like I really can trust and I you know appreciate all the things she taught me and you know when it comes to like a love interest what you say about your partner when it's like I always think it's really funny when you ask a guy you know like what's your favorite thing about your partner and so often like straight cis men will say something like um I love the way you cook you know I love what you cook or you know all of these different things that have nothing to do with who that woman is as a person right but more like what they are doing to make that guy's life easier and so when a guy is just like talking about all of the amazing qualities that he appreciates about the women in his life that definitely makes me swoon um and they're a whole ass person yeah yeah, like somebody who actually appreciates the totality of who they are you know Mm -hmm. like they are more than what they can give um and like the most recent one that made me swoon and I was just like pushing my hands up against my cheeks like oh my god this is so cute (laughs) was um one of Talia Hibbert's latest oh god um highly suspicious and unfairly cute loved that one I haven't read it yet it's so adorable but the thing that I loved is that there is this like bi male main character who has a major crush on this girl and can think of and rare like very obviously it openly says a million different things that he likes about her she's so smart oh my god her style is so cool it's not even like she's so hot although Mm -hmm. he does talk about that too but like I I don't know if I can keep up with her humor you know she's just so funny the way she does this is really cool and it was just so refreshing to me there were so many times when I would just like drop the book and hold my hands up against my cheek like oh he gets it. This is so precious. Yeah. Uh, he he was sees what she adds to the world, not yeah. what yeah. she adds just to him. And it exactly. takes off that lens of like looking at women as, like you said, Chantel, the services that they provide. <laughs> One of those services being like being sexually attractive as mm-hmm. a job. Um it's it's like looking at her as a freestanding person like her style is cool you know and she's so smart and I love also that he's very vocal about those things like yes he doesn't hold that as like holding his cards close to his chest you know what I mean like he he's out there with it because he thinks she deserves her her flowers yep I think my other favorite kind of representation of that that I love her so long is Brendan Fraser's character in The Mummy. Like the way that he thinks Evie is just the smartest person. 
and yes. constantly yes. wants to hear her. I mean, she is. She's a total badass. <laughs> um, and is like trying to be part of her interests and like ask her questions all the time and like just really appreciates what she can contribute to all of these crazy ass adventures that they're having has always made that character like Rick O'Connell just so near and dear to my heart. It's just like, you get her. You worked at it to get her. Mm-hmm. And then you liked what you saw. And that is amazing. Yeah, there's like a sense of admiration there. I love that movie. I fucking love mm-hmm. it. Everyone is at like top 100% of their serving babe looks. Yep. Like the eyebrows, the hair, everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> everything, everything. That's like one of my top 10 favorite movies, honestly. So yeah. good. I know that people feel some type of way about The Whale, and I haven't seen it, but I believe everyone's criticisms about it. But I'm oh, glad so that Brendan I. Fraser is getting his flowers. Yes. I wish it had been for something else, but I yeah. appreciate it nonetheless. Yeah. Is he it was like the basically the immorality of a fat suit or is that the main criticism? And more. And more. <laughs> and I don't more, know yeah. even what the movie's about. I have not seen it. Brendan Fraser was my mom's like big crush when he had his heyday around the mummy. And my favorite Brendan Fraser movie is Blast from the Past. And the character he plays in that, it's so good. Totally underrated movie. But that character also very deeply admires Alicia Silverstone's character. And is just so respectful and just like, this is a, this is a cool and interesting lady because he's like very, um, he's, he grew up in a bunker. So he, he's very sheltered. He doesn't know anything. I remember seeing the trailer for that movie, like way back in the day. I'm being very confused about what was happening. Oh, it's the weirdest premise. It's the weirdest premise, but Mm -hmm. it's such a good movie. Like, Oh, Liz, the excitement on my face when you said Blast from the Past. No one knows about that movie, and so many more people should. It's sad no one knows about Meg, we should watch that and recap it. I'm, <gasps> I'm happy to. You're in for a treat because you've never seen it. What's your next trait, Liz? Okay, so my next one is, I was trying to describe it in my notes as It's like an intense but loving awareness of their partner and their partner's humanity and their flaws. And then I realized what I was trying to say is they're able to read their partner for filth. (laughs) Okay. Underrated. Yeah. mm -hmm. (laughs) So the example that I have is in the book that I made you check out from the library. And the reason I found out about this book is because Jen Prokop, Jen Reads Romance, was raving about it on Twitter. And Jen is the smartest person I know. So whatever she puts in her brain, I want to put in my brain so I can also be smart. And she was recommending Laura Kinsale's Flowers from the Storm. And it's a historical, I think it was written in the 90s, but, you know, republished in early 2000s. I have to say, I was surprised when I saw the cover because I expected it to be more recent looking. No, no, no. (laughs) No, no. And and like it has a it has a Fabio style original cover, but it's not Fabio. It's a Fabio. It's great value Fabio. Oh, no. (laughs) But but there's like the long flowing hair and the bare chest. So the premise of this book 
and this is spoilery, but this is also like chapter two or three spoilers. Okay. You got a rake. He's a duke. He's rich. He's a womanizer. He's, you know. Yeah, of course. We know all casting. this. Just yeah. stuff we know. Yeah. She is a Quaker. The okay. reason she even knows this man is that the rake, Christian, the Duke of Gervaux, is a mathematician. And her father is a mathematician. He is blind. So she helps him with his work and is a courier between the two of them so that they can pass equations back and forth and do maths together via correspondence. That sounds horrible, but okay. Yes. Right. So (laughs) is this book about to make me like math? (laughs) It might. So she sits in his foyer in his waiting room for hours while he like does whatever you know like beds women works on the equations she's never met the man but she thinks the worst of him and they don't meet until Wait, can i pause so she's sitting yes. in his foyer holding a piece of parchment with a dusty ass math problem on it and he's getting laid upstairs okay. that that didn't happen but i'm saying like that that could happen because she's just there for hours like oh he's just like leaving me waiting but but yeah so she has no respect or regard for this man okay and they go to a math conference the three of them and he says to her father who went blind when she was very young has anyone ever described your daughter to you And he said, no. And then he goes into beautiful, uncomfortable detail about (laughs) her facial features and how she does her hair and how she dresses and how, you know, she she has her hair in a braided style that I think she thinks is modest, but it just brings attention to her long neck and to her (laughs) bosom. And she's like dying melting on the spot her father is laughing and it's like this beautiful gift that he's giving her father describing her, her like bosom? really he didn't say <laughs> bosom. no but he's describing her face like the shape of her nose and it's very like thoughtful and like he's really seeing her and describing her as this beautiful woman but with interesting features and she's just sitting there like not knowing what to do about it because no one's ever described her that way no one's ever looked at her that closely and i read that and then i ascended to another plane because i i'm not doing it justice it's so good and then i won't tell you what happens later in the book but um so he he basically has a stroke but no one knows at the time what a stroke is so they throw him in an insane asylum and through a series of coincidences she ends up working at the insane asylum sees that he's there realizes like no he hasn't gone mad there's something medical wrong with him like he should tell her just mouths agape (laughs) yeah and she feels a divine calling to care for this man it's intense this is one of the wildest books i've ever read but there's a scene that i can't get into the context because it's a big spoiler but he is telling her off in a way that says like i fucking love you it's basically like telling her all these 
things that she does that are absurd and all these things that show that she loves him and show that she's not who she's trying to present to the other Quakers. But like, while he's reading her for filth, you could just sub in like, I love you. You're the most amazing person I've ever met, even though he's ostensibly complaining about her. So I can't do it justice without spoiling it. Even if I did spoil it, you would have to read it. Laura Kinsale is a fucking witch. <laughs> so, it, yeah. I, know, I think you did do it justice. The, like, twists and turns. and <laughs> I'm baffled and intrigued. I can't even it tell is, you how intrigued. It's like a 500-page book. And I will tell you, I've never read a romance novel that needed to be 500 pages except for Flowers from the Storm. Okay. It, it deserved every... I would have read another 200 pages. I would read the sequel. I would... Ugh. This is reminding me of 10 Things I Hate About You when she does yes, the poem. Yes, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. Oh. Yeah. Yes, Meg. Yes. The... I hate your big dumb combat boots and the way you read my mind. Like it's exactly <laughs> that. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of my favorite like examples of that too is when Harry met Sally, when he runs to go and declare, yes. he's like, I love it when you get a little crinkle in your forehead when you're looking at me like you're like I'm crazy. <laughs> I related to everything he said in that speech because it's like the weirdest things about you that other people would probably be like why are you like this i love that by the way it's exasperating but i'm still here for it and it's such a it's such a good yeah. and it's cuz they gave you their attention like they are are paying you enough attention to notice even just notice these things even if they're like neutral about them i just notice that's a thing that you do it's like that's not a level of attention attention is such like a finite commodity these days it feels like yes. so it's like so moving absolutely okay that was really good Bago. that was very good um okay <clears throat> i like my romantic interests <laughs> to have like minor breakdowns mm. <laughs> i don't know what that says about me but i just want them to have some moments where they're like Pushed to their limit, they're raw, they put it all out there, super vulnerable moments, mm -hmm. because it is boring when the character is like perfectly well adjusted and just like, mm -hmm. <laughs> just like a very um, self actualized person. Like, I want some flaws, and that's because that's what makes things interesting. And so, I want some like spill your guts moments, and I want some endearingly weird slash nerdy vulnerable things about them um so my example of this is alexander woodrow in all the feels by olivia dade which i oh, olivia love dade. Mm -hmm. he's he has the swagger and the confidence he's hot he's rich he's famous he's sexy and he's also just like this undeniable weirdo <laughs> like He's just like, he's got impulse control issues. He's got these like super niche interests and he has a penchant for being like so annoying. And I think I like that those things are balanced in a, such a way with him where it's like, yeah, he's a celebrity, but he's also like 
got a fucking like Viking themed house just to compete with his coworker. Yep. He is a dreamboat. I love that he yeah. finds out about the fan fiction about his show and he's like, bet I'm gonna write <laughs> some of that. He, he like, honestly be more stole pegging. the show. Like, yeah, in any part of her, like that series of books that he's been in, still the show every time. It's such yes. a weirdo and it's beautiful. I love him so much and he reminds me in a lot of ways of my partner in life and love <laughs> so I think I'm like biased but yeah that that's my, no, that's, that's my totally swoonworthy like vulnerability I mean you said it like it is usually shown in some kind of like breakdown moment yeah but the vulnerability it really is hot like I kind of have that written is one of mine too I think I phrased it as like a man who's willing to open up or a person who's willing to open up um because there's such a like high level of trust in that moment Mm. which trust can be such a sexy thing between two people like it's so necessary but it can be so rare and so it's just it in the middle of a story it can be like such an eye-opening thing for the characters and for the reader to be like wow this is really like this is getting somewhere deep Mm. and that's always such a fun thing to experience right like whether you're reading it or you're experiencing it in real life it's like oh man I actually trust you they actually trust each other that's scary but it's so great and like I think one of the examples that I love about that is in the proposal by Jasmine Guillory where um they're like the two main love interests are talking and um basically Carlos the like main male character opens up about like some feelings he has about his father and Hmm. ways that like he's still not over the I mean I don't think it's a spoiler but the death of his father how he was important to him and I think that one hit me a lot and definitely made me like drop the book away and be like, oh, I have to sit with this for a second. Um, because I'm, I am Latina. And so like Carlos being Latina and there's this like machismo that exists mm. where it's like, you know, Latina men are expected to never show emotion. Like you're not supposed to talk about your feelings. You know, that's, that's a sign of weakness. And so to get to a point where you're like, I'm not just going to be the shoulder that other people lean on. I'm willing to take your shoulder instead because I do need a little help with processing this Mm. is like a very intense, amazing moment, I think. And that was like definitely one of Jasmine Guillory's best words. Like, oh, girl, you did it again. Mm. I think those moments, my swoon feels like a heart clutch. versus the face heating <laughs> yes can, yep. can you all tell that mag is studying somatic techniques in grad school <laughs> is, that, is this niche i don't know it just seems like you feel it in different ways that's very true mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah i when i learned that feeling your emotions means actually feeling them physically in your body i was like what what the fuck what do you mean yeah (laughs) wait my mind and my body are totally separate (laughs) yeah no 
my feelings aren't a feeling in my body they're a paragraph yeah, <laughs> yeah right they're like a list of things that I keep in my head it's fine mm-hmm. yeah I will never forget there was this one time I I think I was part of like a sound bath or something and at one point we were supposed to like do this massage technique on like our own necks and then they hit like this particular cord and I just burst into tears and I was like what is happening I don't understand and they're like oh no it's just it's normal your body is releasing like Mm -hmm. a certain amount of tension and like maybe you were having some feelings that you hadn't like fully processed and now physically it's happening like it's just coming out of you in water and it's fine it's like sounds and movements can do that like I feel like my body just betrayed me what's going on yeah the weirdest thing hip openers and yoga yeah I was thinking of yin yoga or like you know you're you're getting into the fascia and like really releasing that and how I've seen people in my class burst into tears and the again yeah the instructor was like hey this is totally normal like do not worry but I hate it. <laughs> but I don't want to exactly. feel things. <laughs> <laughs> Chantel, was that your next one or were you just bouncing off of Meg's? I was just bouncing off of Meg's. Okay. Um, my next one is kind of the flip side of that, of mm-hmm. being vulnerable is listening. Hmm. Um, I read... I can't remember where, but I read an article where um, BB Waller-Bridge was being interviewed about um, Fleabag and the whole phenomenon of the hot priests and why were women like so enraptured? Like they couldn't understand what, why? Like what's so special about this guy? And she was like, you know, besides the fact that we got this like amazingly attractive actor to play him I was talking to some of my friends and asking them like what is it about him and they said well he listens to her Mm -hmm. you know like there's that amazing piece of dialogue where she looks at the camera and she's like no one's asked me a question in 45 minutes and he immediately says so what is it you do you know just like immediately wants to know more about her but then actually like listens to what she's saying and consistently does that all the time. Um, and I just think it's like one of the sexiest qualities, honestly, to be able to really listen, not like wait your turn until you can add to what mm. the other person is saying, but like really absorb what it is that this other person is trying to tell you. And I think that bounces off of Liz's point too about the person being able to read you for filth mm-hmm. he's the only one that notices when she kind of goes away to break the mm-hmm. fourth wall he's like where'd you go just now what What are you doing where are you looking and no yep. one else sees that at all and this is unrelated to that but like once a week I think about her going his beautiful neck <laughs> I don't know what it is about that but I just like yes why don't we talk about that more I find myself staring at like a person I'm enamored with, like every part of them becomes attractive, right? Mm -hmm. And it was just so, it's such a simple way to point that out. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Oh, flea bag. Excellent. So good. All right, Liz. Okay. 
I'm looking chagrined because I haven't watched Fleabag yet, but I feel like I have. For but shame. I know it's no, it's no <laughs> I know I need to watch it. Okay. It's not a huge time commitment. It is it on a huge Amazon emotional Prime? commitment? Yes, it is. Okay. Amazon Prime. So, I do have access to that now. So, okay. So my next one, I want to throw in a sapphic rag um because as jay-z said ladies as pimps too um i want to talk about competence or what sarah wendell from smart bitches trashy books calls competence porn so i am going to shout out lucy and Catherine in the ladies guide to celestial mechanics um which is i have a lot of historicals on this list are you going to face um, I read that that one years ago, like around when it came out. Okay. But I, I do go through historical phases. Like I went through a deep Lisa Kleypas phase, which she's mm. mentioned on this list. But Lucy is an astronomer and Catherine is, I don't know, a duchess or some kind, some fancy lady, but she's a widow. <laughs> I, I can't remember her title. This this was a while ago. I, I told you at the beginning that I'm rusty. So she, she's a fancy rich widow. And Lucy is an astronomer whose dad was also an astronomer, taught her everything she knows. They work together and he is recently passed. Catherine is looking for someone to pay to translate a French astronomy text. And Lucy's like, I'm the woman for the job. So she treks her ass to where Catherine is and presents herself as I am the person for the job and she has to like convince a society of like dodgy stiff science bros basically (laughs) and they don't want her to do it because they want their boy to do it even though he's less qualified so she is a scientific genius and Catherine is an artist but she doesn't think that she's an artist because what she does is she does embroidery and i think what she does is embroidery of flora and fauna might just be flora again it's been a long time since i read the book but it's so detailed and beautiful and complex that lucy is working so hard to get her to acknowledge that what she does is an art it's a skill it's not just like a frivolous ladies pastime Mm. it's something that takes as much knowledge as lucy's knowledge of astronomy and i just love these two women being so good at what they do and also hyping each other up and admiring each other so competence and also seeing the competence in other people and not being at all threatened by it Mm. is very spoon worthy to me yeah that's hot absolutely yeah It's so funny. I was talking to a friend of mine who does not read romance really. And she was talking about like this guy that she's seeing and how he's like been so helpful and he's really good at like working with his hands and he's like, he's a handy person. And she's like, I don't know why, but it's just like, oh, it's just like getting to me. And I was like, oh, you have a competency kink. And she's like, what? (laughs) And I was like, what? yeah, no. <laughs> I 
And she's like, that's not a thing. I'm like, oh, honey. That's a it thing. Definitely. For is. sure. <laughs> like the person who knows what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But I love that that's what you use to like bring in like even more of the sapphic references and like loveliness because I think so often when I think competency, I think of women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Way more Absolutely. Yes, men. ma'am. Like I remember being so attracted. This is so weird. So attracted to Emily Blunt's character in Jungle Cruise. I never because, saw it. Oh my gosh, it's real cute. It's real dumb, but it's real cute. Um, but <laughs> she's just like on top of her game. She knows everything. She's willing to get in there. She fights for what she wants. And I was just like, wow, you're like a female Indiana Jones, and this is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Like, oh, that brought it so, so high up my watch list just now. <laughs> <laughs> Which also, I think the next Indiana Jones should be a woman, but you know, whatever. And I nominate Nicole Beharry from Sleepy Hollow because she'd be amazing. Okay. She deserves more. So much more. She yes. deserves she deserves everything. She's yeah. so talented. And when I found out that she was getting killed off on Sleepy Hollow, spoilers for Sleepy Hollow, which has been out for years, I, I was like, I'm not even gonna watch it. Hmm. Yeah. Who amongst us actually did? It was just went downhill from there. Yeah. And actually, speaking of a competency kink, like Abby Mills, she was on it all the Incredible. time. So good at everything that she did. Yeah so good what you all are talking about is like the opposite of weaponized incompetence which is what we see in men a lot <laughs> and so true there's if, definitely some like really competent men who come to mind like the one that I was thinking of was I can't remember the character's name but the guy who was the chef in wrong to need you by Alicia Rye Oh, I don't think yeah. I've heard that one. Let's see. So in that one, it's you mean the shirtless chef. Yes, yes, the shirtless Ooh. chef. Jackson Kane. Jackson Kane. Um, that one is uh your dead husband's brother, <laughs> who was your best friend, but he's Oops. always been in love with you. Wow. That's why it is wrong to need you <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah i'm guessing that's where the wrong yeah yes into play that's yeah, yeah. where yeah you see it <laughs> yeah um okay are you ready for my third one yes yeah. please okay so similar to how yours was competence plus admiring others competence my third one is sort of like a combo situation which is morally gray plus Mm. like long suffering (laughs) okay so I'm specifically talking about like when characters are the bad guy Mm -hmm. and then you find out later that they were doing bad guy things to take the fall for good guy reasons Okay. Does that make any yeah. sense? Yeah, that I need the sense. example. Yeah. Okay. Oh, God, I hate this is my example. Are you going to say Akatar? I right am. Now? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I hate myself. 
<laughs> but it's we've the lost best. a good soldier. <laughs> Listen, I know it's bad. <laughs> I wouldn't I'll speak on it speak with on my it. eyes open. <laughs> I haven't read it, so like you know, a million book talkers can't be wrong. I they mean, can be, but they definitely can. <laughs> yeah, they can. <laughs> they really can. <laughs> there's a lot of not good things but this was a thing that worked for me okay that me he, he's a baddy bad guy he does bad things things that are naughty bad boy bad but you realize later that he's playing the long long game mm. and he's taking the fall because someone has to for this like ultimate good and I find that willingness to like self-sacrifice while being willing to do some like morally gray stuff to be peak attractiveness. I don't know. This sounds like some white cis man bullshit to me, <laughs> Meg. I was Fair. just going to say like literally every example I could think of is a white dude. <laughs> but I totally know what you're talking about. But I'm like, oh. Uh, so I just outed myself. <laughs> I it's know, okay. I'm... Who among us has not loved a toxic white man? <laughs> truly, truly. Yeah, I yeah, I totally get that. I've definitely had moments where I have felt that for the exact same reasons of a little bit of a swoon for like, oh, he's not the best but then you find out like oh he cares about stuff and he cares about her so that's he cares like, about okay. stuff. Mm-hmm. right yeah in the bar is in the <laughs> there's something like really sexy about unearned power <laughs> unearned and unlimited power it's like ooh, like you could just like ruin mine and anyone else's life <laughs> On a woman, the fact that you don't always do it is pretty cool. So hot. Yeah. I feel like <laughs> by their long sufferingness that they are somewhat earning. But yes. no, you're right. Okay. No, Meg, thing- it's fine. I'm sorry. Please <laughs> continue. You know, in romance, it's you can never yuck somebody's yum because No, you can't. It's it's all of us have our own things. It's just the way it is. Yeah. And thanks for coming to my defense. Uh, I, okay. This is the point that I was going to get to. Yes, please. That I think the morally gray thing that I find attractive is, <clears throat> has to do with, have you all heard of the stages of moral development? Speaking of my grad school <laughs> situation. Mm-hmm. Yes, I have. Specifically yeah. because I like, I work in like an advising capacity in higher education. And so like knowing different stages of development definitely helpful in my work. Yeah. So this, this theory, 1958, Lawrence Kohlberg, he's an American psychologist and educator. He has this sort of like track of stages. And then like, I think that there, I don't know if it's sub stages or steps within them, but basically you're moving from being pre-conventional when you're a child to where you're not really about 
moral questions are just about avoiding getting in trouble to the conventional level, which is like, these are the social rules. I'm the golden retriever. I will do what the honorable thing always, which I have very little patience for in books. And then level three is the post-conventional level, which is like you define morality on your terms. You have your set of principles. You can be uh, abstract and apply them as serves your perspective. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's about being complex and independent, but I am, I just feel very damned. (laughs) I'm going to shut up now. (laughs) No, I had that same thing going with, have you guys read the Shatter Me series by Sahara Mafi? Mm -mm. I've heard of it. It's more like young adult fantasy, but there's, Mm -hmm as there so often is in young adult books, a romance element to it. Um, And there's a character named Warner. He is so exactly like that. Like he's so awful and you hate him so much, but then you find that he like has this thing he's fighting for that in the end will be good for everyone. And like has this girl who's the center of the books who he cares for really deeply. And I know it's awful. And there were so many times where I'm like, God, you're so dumb, Warner. Mm-hmm. And yet there were there were swoon-worthy moments where you're like, oh, I like that. Okay. So I think that's the thing I love about <laughs> this particular swoon-worthy thing is there's so many moments where the reaction is, ugh, ah, like, fine. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Fine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Damn it, it's working on me. <laughs> yep. Oh, okay. Now I'm having a vulnerability hangover. So one of you all has to say something Okay, Chantel, what do we got? Uh, I love when a person is willing to help the helper. Ooh. So there are, I think, a lot of people who find themselves being the helpers in a lot of different situations you know the person that everybody goes to um the person who's expected to know everything and it is so hard to get them to accept help in return like that's just the thing where it's like no 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 like that's my job you don't do that for me Mm. And so I love when there is a person or character who can so effortlessly help someone that it's actually easy to accept that help and becomes easier and easier over time. Um, It's such an underappreciated skill, honestly, Mm. to be able to offer help in that way, where it's Mm -hmm. like it never feels like they are doing something because they expect something from you in return later Mm. you know it's not something they're going to hold over your head it's a second nature thing where it's like I see that this is a need and I'm going to need it for you and like I know that that's usually your job but it doesn't always have to be your job um and I think one of my favorite examples of it is actually a book that we talked about last time which is um get a life Chloe Brown and read like the way that he learns about the different things that become difficulties in her life and then just slowly starts to say like well I 
that's not difficult for me. I can do that. Yeah. And in the nicest way possible and so subtly, just, uh, it like just made my heart melt. There were so many times where I just slapped the book closed and was like, how dare he? That's so nice. <laughs> um which is a weird yeah. reaction he's, to night <laughs> he's not upset he's not expecting like a gold star or anything yes yeah which exactly. is the most attractive part to me yes yeah absolutely it's just like oh I noticed this thing and I did it that's fine yeah yeah but I love that in people in books everywhere mm. yeah he's a great one <sighs> yes he is Elizabeth. Okay. So my next one is kind of like, I think it's possible to be the funny guy and be obnoxious about it. Uh And it's just like, you have to be on all the time and be the center of attention. So I think it's swoon worthy. Yes. Um, I'm a Leo rising. Mr. Meg is a Leo son. So you're very familiar with this energy. Um, But I like when a character has earnest charm and humor and there is a hidden depth behind it. So the I have two examples, one historical, one sci-fi. And that's um, my first one is West Ravenel from Devil's Daughter by Lisa Clathis. So the setup of this book is she's a widow. She has a young son. And Wes Ravenel was her sickly husband's boarding school bully. Okay. And she meets him and is sure she's going to hate the man because she her husband was like her lifelong sweetheart and he was always sick so they kind of always knew that like he was not long for this world probably Mm. so he would write her letters from school about being bullied and you find out like what was behind west being such an asshole as a kid and how he's learned and grown he's a gentleman farmer now Um, love that yeah, and he's done a lot of self-reflection and he's willing to like say, no, I was a terrible person and this is why. And that doesn't excuse it, but it explains it. And he, despite all that and despite the suffering that brought him to being such a terrible young man, he has this joy about him and how he interacts with the world and how he wants people to feel comfortable and happy and at ease which is a lot like Ihako from Ruby Dixon's Barbarian Lover yes and he's a little bit more flamboyant and showy but still his sense of humor is less about aggrandizing himself and more about he wants to make sad eyes smile Mm -hmm. Uh, so I love that about him. I love I love a happy guy, but like that knows enough about what there is to be sad about. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so Some depth. So, yeah. So that is very swoon worthy to me. And mm-hmm. it's the direct opposite of the men that I led with the start of this episode because 
<laughs> there's not a lot of laughing for Joel or Geralt. <laughs> that is true. Notably. <laughs> That's so true. You know who weirdly came to mind for me when you were talking about that was Dean from Supernatural. Mm. Like, there were so many moments where he brought the levity because it needed to happen, basically. Like, Mm -hmm. he just knew that it was the thing that was needed right then. And it was always stupid. And you're always like, oh, God, what did you just say? That's so dumb. But you know that he's, like, not the most screwed up family history in the history of the world basically and like has lost so many things but the fact that he's still there to like make dumb jokes and talk about pie is just it's heartwarming and adorable i dig it talk about a time commitment that show was on yeah 20 years oh god yes five million seasons Mm -hmm. i've only seen a smattering of episodes um but I go back to when Jared Padalecki was Dean before that in Gilmore Girls. So both the characters were named Dean. When you said Dean, I thought you were going to say Gilmore Girls. And I was like, no. Oh, God, no. The They're brother, the brother yeah, is okay. named Dean. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, he sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, he does. I'm glad we can agree on that. <laughs> Anyway, I don't have any more traits, so you guys can swap back and forth amongst yourselves. Panta, how many do you have left? Um, only one, actually. Okay, go for it. So my last swoon-worthy thing that is very rare in life and very hard to pull off, I think, in any kind of media, is a person who can genuinely grow. Mm -hmm. not necessarily change but grow okay and um because it's just it's so hard to do in a genuine way and in a really deep way but when it actually happens it's like so wonderful and can just be really life-affirming and beautiful and it's not a book of hers that's talked about a lot, but I think my favorite example of that and the reason why the characters in this book are probably my most favorite is Attachments by Rainbow Rowell. Mm. So it's like, I think it might be her first book that she wrote, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but it's basically centered around a guy named Lincoln who had a very terrible breakup. Um, He is a person who's extremely introverted and socially awkward. I would even go so far as to say might be like slightly on the spectrum Um, and just has a hard time relating to people in like in general who was dating a like sunshine outgoing girl and basically like that was his way of connecting to the outside world he always had her as a buffer to like engage social activities and do all these things and so when they're no longer together it's like he becomes a hermit you know he's suddenly like not really talking to anybody he doesn't go out and do anything and realizes that he just had 
no interests of his own. He never worked to mm. cultivate that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so he somewhat stereotypically works in IT. And this is set in like the early 2000s. Um, so it's kind of, I don't want to say historical because that makes me too old, but <laughs> it's in the past. <laughs> so um, he gets hired by this uh, newspaper to basically be there to handle any Y2K fallout. Oh which is hilarious. God. Yes. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> and to make sure that the employees are not taking advantage of having messenger and email and internet capabilities on their computers. And okay, so Mark. right this so premise like, makes my ass itch. <laughs> like he's secret email police it's the weirdest thing and he hates it so much and is constantly just like saying nope clear 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 but he ends up seeing this like messenger exchange between two women who work there who have the coolest friendship and he's just like these women are really cool like how did they get to have friends how did they get to be so cool I want to try to be cool and really inspire him to go out of his comfort zone and start actually interacting with people more Mm -hmm. and figuring out how to build the kind of friendship and relationship that they have because he finds it so refreshing and nice Mm -hmm. and of course he ends up falling for one of them which is a little awkward but there's just a sincerity in everything he does to try to get himself out of his comfort zone that the whole time I was just totally enraptured and like oh my god I'm rooting for you like this is so sweet. I love this. And in the end, he really does manage to like make some friends, start to do stuff, but he's still his little awkward bumbling self. You know, you get the sense that he's still the same guy that you were like, oh, you're so cute. At the beginning, mm-hmm. it's just he's found new ways to be cute, question mark. Like mm-hmm. he just found yeah. new ways to exist and have more fun in his own life. Yeah. 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 That reminds He's become me of more of himself. Yeah. Yes. That reminds me a bit of um, Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine. Mm. Yeah. By Gail Honeyman, uh, which I selected because I was on the Libby app and I was just searching for like audiobooks available now romance category. And I don't know that I would really describe that book as a romance per se, but because it does seem to be more about her, her growth journey. Um, Very interesting book, though. Yes, I very much enjoyed that one. So my last thing is, so content warning for both of these books, because they deal with a female main character dealing with the fallout of sexual assault. So and it was a coincidence that both these books came to mind for this swoonworthy trait, which was characters who meet their partner where they are emotionally. And they kind of, they know intrinsically, like this is a relationship that's going to become something more, but they're able to, I guess, in a way, play the long game, but not in a creepy way. They just like, Right. Know that there's a connection there. Know that the other person is receptive to the connection, but they need certain things before they can get there. 
So my two examples of this are Saluk in Barbarian's Prize by Ruby Dixon. And I think his name is Dan in Dirty by Megan Hart. And that's a book where these characters have a meet cute, then they have a flirtation, a one night stand, and the heroine, she is very promiscuous as a way to recover from the fact that she was assaulted repeatedly by her brother when she was growing up uh, so yeah that book is really dark so definitely like all the well it is megan hart so yeah so if you want to suffer <laughs> read megan hart suffer but be like really horny as well but but he the hero in that book really like gives her what she needs and is really understanding and like there's no judgment of the fact that she does sleep around because mm-hmm. it's never presented as the things that she does are a sign of her trauma and she needs to stop them. It's like a sign of her healing. Mm-hmm. That that was very interesting. And it was interesting to me to see a hero who can lead into that and be like, what you need from me, I'm willing to give you. Yeah, I love that. I love that so much. And we're ending on a suffering but horny. <laughs> sorry, Ugh. I should have. Let's see. I'm gonna That's circle it? back to um Lucy and oh, Catherine wait. and the ladies' guide celestial mechanics. Yes, Shanna. I was gonna say I have another one that yes. is so dumb, but I think many of us can relate to. And it's not even really a character type it's more like a character move but Mm. when a male character pushes the sleeves up on his shirt to his elbows and shows off his forearms every time I see that written on the page down in a movie in a picture I'm just like sir how dare you be so slutty (laughs) one thing that TikTok is really good for is for trends that are these micro tropes yeah. Like the like leaning against the, the doorway. doorway. Yeah. Yeah. And trying to explain that to my husband, like why that's hot and why the book talk girlies are doing it and why they're like completely combusting over it. Yeah. <laughs> is is difficult. I don't think he gets it, but you know, sometimes swoon defies explanation. It does. That's true. And that's part of what makes it magical. I think oh, that that's well the said. perfect place to end it. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes swoon defies explanation. Yeah, okay, Chantel. What do you want to promote? What do you want to plug? What is happening in your life? Where can people find you if you wish to be found? I mean, I'm always down to have new friends, especially online friends. Um, I've recently become part of the book talk world. Ooh. And so folks can find me at Booked and Bougie, where I make TikToks about books and fashion and the two colliding, because those are like two of my favorite things. That's um, fantastic. It gets real nerdy over there, y'all, and I <laughs> love it. <laughs> That's a great handle, also. Yes, it Thank is. Thank you. 
Okay. Um, I do want to shout out a couple of authors that I love that have books coming out um, that I think both of you would enjoy, honestly, and I think a lot of your listeners would enjoy. Um, but new releases that I'm like super psyched about would be Silver Nitrate by mm-hmm. Silvia Moreno Garcia, which is not romance, but my God, that, that woman writes. She's magic. a fucking queen. So mm-hmm. good. Um, I have to shout out Pierce Brown and the latest in his Red Rising series, which is Lightbringer, which just came out the day that we're recording this. Excellent, excellent sci-fi. I'm so excited to read that book. Also, look up a picture of Pierce Brown. He's annoyingly seamworthy. It's upsetting. I hate no that one should be that talented authors and are that hot. good looking. Yeah, it's not fair. Um and then my oh girl, god right <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> um and then my girl Zoraida Cordova who also writes amazing books um has like a take on Little Mermaid that is going to be coming out soon in like those Disney retellings um and I'm so hyped for it she is such a smart writer she writes with like such wit funny little quirk quips everywhere but it's called kiss the girl and i'm very excited about it it's like featuring a plus size like famous pop singer um called ariel ariel del mar and Mm. i'm just i'm all here for it it's gonna be so good she wrote a star wars novel too oh several yes she did that's so cool she's a nerd she's a nerd of the people by the people for the people <laughs> i love all that. Of her books. yeah chantelle you are welcome back whenever even if there's not an auction tied to your appearance <laughs> but on the subject of that we will leave links in the show notes um everyone who listens to this you should have a recurring donation to abortion funds i donate five dollars a month and it makes a difference to have established networks that help people who need reproductive care access it access child care because most people who get abortions are already parents um access transportation and actually fund the abortions and do things in a way that is safe when the legal situation is so fucking precarious and dire in this country so We'll have links to that in the show notes. Absolutely. All women deserve excellent health care. Absolutely. Well, so thanks for listening. And until next time. Air kisses.